Can a marriage survive infidelity? We dig deep to explore this thorny question. Join me, Jean-Claude Chalmet, and founder of The Place Retreats and a featured columnist for The Times, with Amy Cooper and Louise Daniels, on The Place Retreats podcast. Search Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or your favorite Android app. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Hello and welcome back to your next episode with me, Louise. And me, Amy. And we're delighted to have on again Jean-Claude Chalmay. Hello, JC. Hello, good morning. Hello. Jean-Claude is a globally renowned psychotherapist, an author, a feature columnist at The Times and founder of The Place Retreats in Bali. And we're at The Place London practice today. Um, Now, we loved interviewing JC about parenting teens about six weeks ago. And it was the episode that everyone, everyone got in touch about saying, you know, it was so good. It was so useful. Everyone was loving you, JC. And your knowledge and wisdom was absolutely recognised by everyone who listened so um if you're listening now and you missed that episode do go back and listen it's season two episode five and today we're going to discuss couples relationships around midlife and it's a bit of a hackneyed cliche the midlife crisis that leads to relationship breakdown but like most cliches it represents a common experience um and personally i've noticed that 40s and 50s is a common time for separation or divorce and also there can be a a ripple effect as well you know as friends split you know others start to question their own relationships and whether they're happy in in their relationships Um, and I'd like to start JC by you've obviously counseled many many couples at your retreats and privately what is it about this midlife time that causes issues and and what are the common problems that, that you see? I believe that what what we term the midlife crisis Mm. is actually a moment that happens for each one of us, um, whether you're a man or a woman. I think it comes a time when you just realize your own mortality. And when that moment hits you, and for everybody it's a different moment, it's not exactly at 39 and 350 days or at 42 and 13 days. Everybody has their own moment. I think you start to think, is this what my life is about? Yeah, and time's running out. It's like that yeah. last chance saloon feeling. Is that right? Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, you, 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 you know, around that time, you're going to realise that most probably you're not going to become a rock singer or you're not <laughs> going to become a professional football player yeah. <laughs> or you're not going to become the next supermodel, mm. you know. And so you have to come clean with yourself. What are you about? What are you 
willing to out of that stage of your life to get out of it and i think there are some very very poignant questions and of course some people will just go on existing in their lives but for a lot of people it's a wake-up call to start living and so in relationships people are starting to question is this what i want is this the relationship for me better elsewhere maybe Oh, not necessarily be better elsewhere. I think that what they are questioning is, okay, I've done the, the marriage, the engagement, the wedding, the kids, the yeah. school fees, all of that. And what next? Is this how I'm going to live my life? And again, for me, it's very much the question always, and I'm very strong about that with clients. Uh, what path are you going to choose in life? Are you going to exist or are you going to live? Mm. And I think that for a lot of people, they were living in their 20s. And then as you know, marriage and parenting came in, they've sort of gone on a treadmill of rather existing. And the midlife crisis is actually wanting to step out of that existing and mm. living again. Mm. And of course, the most beautiful thing is when two people in a relationship decide that they're going to again try and live together rather than exist together and each one grinding of the other Mm. and you know just being there and for a lot of people what happens is that one person wants to live and the other one is quite okay in the existence and then it becomes really difficult because how do you engage the other person to join you in living with you and both having you know, a, 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 a way of understanding and committing to each other and accepting the growth and the evolving and being the other person's um, supporter in their growth and their change mm-hmm. while also going through your own and doing that for each other. So, so couples need to be on the same not need to be, but sometimes is that the work sometimes is getting onto the same page where you're actually both maybe wanting... not necessarily the same page because you have different speeds different goals right. and so on but it's understanding where the other person is and appreciating and respecting and deciding you see i think that a lot of couples suffer from something what i call codependency they're all the time looking at each other standing nose to nose looking at each other gauging the other one's reaction to whatever it is that they say they do where they move and it becomes very codependent that you can't do without engaging the reaction all the time of the other person whereas i believe that a good relationship is a relationship that has interdependency where if i can give you the image of before i said in codependency you stand with your noses to each other and you're observing each other all the time what's happening what is the other one doing what is going to happen how is it going to happen that you would rather change that experience to standing back to back holding hands and together being able to see the whole world through your own eyes and also through the other person's That's such eyes. That's visual. Yeah. But being connected. And being connected. Yeah. Imagine if you stand back to back that your hearts are actually touching. Mm. You know, mm. And then if you touch with your hands and you have the back of your heads, you have the three most important things of the body. And I think that's such a powerful image. If you can stand back to back, holding hands and just walk, turning around, each one seeing through your own eyes and through the other's eyes mm. and sharing. Because it's not a question anymore after 20 years of marriage, are you still besotted with me? It's a question is, can you accept me for who I am, for the goals that I have, for the things that I want to do, for the growth that I want to achieve, for the path that I'm on? And 
also, very importantly, am I doing the same for you? Mm. Are we connected in such a way that we can sustain each other's growth, each other's involvement, each other's unfolding, which is where you see people really having very strong bonds beyond 40, beyond 50 and beyond 60, mm. because you appreciate who the other person is and each one of you can live with the other very easily. Mm. I love that imagery because when you are nose to nose, every eye roll, it becomes, you, 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 you get on that loop, don't you? That loop of communication where you're triggered by, sorry, did you just look away when I was talking that? Not you, I'm doing like a little, I'm actually giving you a little insight into my kitchen in the <laughs> evening when I say something. And actually I'm picking up, I'm, I'm on the edge of my seat waiting to be offended. And, and I think you've mentioned something very important there. It's, can I communicate with you? Can I show you my vulnerability? Can I show you my weakness? Can I actually express that? And can I look at you for comfort? Can I look at you for supporting me of saying, oh, no, sweetheart, no, darling, sorry. I was thinking about the football. I'm really sorry about that. But just expressing to the other person, also your vulnerability, maybe you were looking away mm. and you were thinking of something else. But one of the exercises that we do very often in, in, with couples is that we make them sit opposite each other. And one party has to express what they want to say or how they feel about something. And the other party is not allowed to say anything at all. They just have to sit there and listen. And then we ask the other part of the couple to repeat what they have heard. Uh -huh. And it is an absolute amazing exercise because most of the time, they have heard something completely different. Because in their heads, they're already preparing themselves to answer what the other person has said yeah. rather than listen. Rather than so listen. it's a whole re-education. Are you actually hearing your partner? Are you actually understanding what they are talking about? And we repeat this exercise until they have really understood what is happening, what is the wife or the husband saying, and what have they understood. And until that matches, it can sometimes happen that we have to repeat five, six, seven, eight times. So imagine in a busy life at home yeah. when, you know, the conversation flows and they've picked up maybe 10% of what yeah. is being said. Presumably that is something that couples would need to practice. No, they don't. They don't need to practice. No, because if oh. you think about it, when they first got to know each other, they were hanging off each oh, other's yeah. every word. Yeah. So they don't have to learn. No. What they have to do is to transform them or transfer themselves back into that space where every word the other person said mattered and how attuned they were. And it was through that that they really were connected. And you can't, once you have unopened the box, you can't pretend that you don't know what's in it. Mm -hmm. So you have experienced it. So it's a question, do you want to go back to that? What made you so happy all these years mm. ago, but you've sort of forgotten through the grind of daily life? Yeah, because what was once endearing and a real turn on, it, you know, it actually becomes quite irritating after years. <laughs> but maybe, yeah, you do need to just thread back and say, well, oh, what layers were piled on top of us to, to have made that happen? Absolutely. And I think through daily life and you know, because we don't talk about what upsets us or what hurts us or what has the resentments we carry. And we just keep going and going and going. But each time we put it on another layer mm. of separation, yeah. another layer of creating distance. 
between couples. And I always ask couples, you know, um, are you capable of going beyond your anger, going beyond your hurt to see the other person? Because for as long as you can't go beyond the hurt, you can't do anything because people are really stuck in their mm. hurt. And it's very necessary if you're working with couples, whether there has been an affair or whether there has been whatever that has happened between a couple, can we reconnect them? Uh, is the willingness there mm. to work with each other mm. and to see that both couples, I mean, I'm going to make a slight parenthesis here that if you are in a relationship with someone that has a personality disorder or is a sociopath or a psychopath that is emotionally abusing you and gaslighting you, um, it's a very different situation from a normal couple where you're not hearing each other. The the division of you know fifty fifty or sixty forty does not apply. No. So we have reached out to um, everybody on sort of social media who who follows uh, this podcast, and we have got a few questions. So would it be okay if Please. I started with one? Um, so obviously all names, ages, oh, yeah, and places, no, yeah. it's completely anonymous. So if you do, you know, if anything is triggering you as you're listening to this, please do just reach out and get in touch with us. All the links are on the notes. My partner had an affair. I found out they ended it. We want to stay together, but it's so hard to let go of feelings of betrayal, hurt and anger. And I feel like I can't trust my partner ever again. Well, my first question would always be in that. Can we acknowledge what has happened? between the two of you, what was each of your contribution in that? And um, if you have decided that you want to be together, do you want to be together as the angry, uh, resentful partner? Mm -hmm. Is that how you see being together? Because if you can't go beyond the hurt that you are feeling, then there is nothing even the best therapist in the world can do. This, If you're going to decide to be together with someone, which I think is a very brave step to take. Mm. There are two things that are very important. You need to go beyond those feelings of resentment and anger and betrayal and hurt. But the partner who had the affair must also accept that most probably for the next two or three years, he or she is going to be very much under the microscope. Mm. And it demands total honesty and transparency. Mm. And, you know, trust is something that can regrow, but it's going to take time. You can't just stay in there as the, let's call it, injured party, the person who has not unless been unfaithful. You, unless, you, uh, uh, unless you enjoy the victim role. Uh, that's what I was going to say. Unless you're going to hold that, you're going to make them pay for that every day. Uh, like that's, is that the relationship the en- you want to exactly. have? Exactly. I mean, the energy needed. But I think some people are, especially if it's very public, you know, obviously, like you say, most of these relations involve children. So there's other parents. that, And it, if, if the humiliation, I can imagine, really fueling somebody to say, you know, I will stay, but I'm just going to make sure that I make this person's life hell. But again, I, I always question, when, of course, we encounter this a lot in our mm. practice. And I always question, is this the person you want to be? Mm-hmm. And the answer is probably no. They don't want to carry on in that relationship feeling. But they also find it very difficult to get out yeah. of it because, you know, it's a wonderful shield to be able to hide your pain behind. Yeah. And, you know, as we said in the previous episode when we we're talking about teenagers, it's again the same thing. It's a theme that will come back again and again is that how do we express our hurt? Mm-hmm. It's either through anger 
bitterness, resentment, and all these variations on the theme, or through anxiety, paranoia, yeah. and so on. So it's again the same thing. It's always I always go back that if you want to have a couple that has any kind of uh, situation where there was somebody else involved, there's a lot of hurt, and we have to deal with that pain. We have to be able to talk about it. We have to be able to process it. Because if that doesn't happen, you can't get anywhere. No. And so really, for those couples, therapy, that has to happen. You like They're very unlikely to be able to... to navigate that. Navigate yeah. that, yeah. Continue, it's yeah. virtually impossible. Yes, yeah. I mean, you need to have someone there that can actually call time out when mm. it gets very, very heated. Mm. And... I think that one of the beautiful things about couple therapy when you're dealing with situations between couples is that you can actually say, and we do that very often, we say, look, reserve the time where you have these very deep feelings for when you are here in the therapy right. room. And once you're outside the therapy room, try by telling yourself, I have an opportunity to express how I feel. Mm. I don't need to do it at home. I yeah. don't need to do it. I Even I advise people to write it down, what happened, how they felt, and then bring it to the therapy room and discuss it here so that your system knows I have an outlet for this. Yes. I don't need but to swallow it, out but it's safe. It's safe yeah. and it's Absolutely guided no by it's somebody safe. that actually mm. understands yeah. how to And can help also you see... That. You know, the end goal and, yeah. and work towards that rather than stay in the moment of anger and resentment. And that also doesn't allow someone to walk out. Mm. You know, uh, I mean, you know, it has happened that somebody wanted to walk out and then we talk about it. Mm. And if they still want to do it, then, then of course they can walk around the block yeah. and come back, but they have to come back and talk about it. So that is, yeah, quite a long journey. But you were saying about, you know, the person who has had the affair, for example, has to accept that there is going to be a lot of distrust there and, yeah, being under a lot of scrutiny. And I always say the same thing to clients, which sort of makes them smile rather wryly. But I always say therapy is cheaper than divorce. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> we were well, talking about we this on the, about train, on the train. Somebody, yeah. somebody had said, like, well, 60 quid a week, I can't afford that. It's like, <laughs> well... Isn't that worth the investment it's to sort cheaper, this out? Uh, therapy is cheaper than divorce. Yeah, absolutely. It always is. Absolutely. You know? and, and also, you know, what an amazing journey that you can discover about yourself yeah. and the person that you have been with and how amazing it could be if you could reconnect mm. and travel mm. and look back and say, oh, wow, you know, that was a terrible thing to have happened to our yeah. relationship, but we've overcome it and we've become stronger, stronger through yes, it. As a result. Yes, yeah. and I would just like to point out to the listeners of the podcast right now the value that we are bringing. Yes. I mean, this is free. Yes. This, you know, this is free to listen to this. And, you know, may, maybe it's not your own situation, but somebody in your life that you know who's mm. going through this. And, and yeah, it's... Uh, or it might set you thinking. Yeah. Mm. And I think that's the most valuable thing of all when you listen to podcasts like this is that, oh... I hadn't thought about that. Mm, yeah. Oh, that's possible. Okay, next question. I prefer my own company to my partners nowadays. Oh, did I write this? <laughs> Amy's overshare. <laughs> I love him, but I prefer spending time doing my own thing than spending time with him. She didn't actually write that. No, I didn't. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just going to say, it's okay, just relatable. Uh, I think so, that's a very interesting concept because as human beings we are herd animals and 
what has happened for you to want the person to be around yet not have an emotional or physical very often connectivity with mm -hmm. that person what really happened what does that hurt of yours contain to want to be removed from that person what has been going on mm. and is it something that happened gradually was it one big event and you can you know listening to this you can go back in yourself and say where did this start yeah where did that disconnect what start? what happened yeah. and you know as we talked about before it could have been one big event but it could have also been a thousand little things mm. Mm. and then my question is always why would you not talk to this person because you still want her or him around why would you not want to talk to that person why do you want to be in your loneliness mm. whilst having an it's a bit like an orphan with a family you know yeah. it's sort of you know do you want to be with this person or or, or do you just need somebody to fill your room mm -hmm. or, or or your bedroom or you know why wouldn't you want to reconnect to that person despite everything that has happened because you will grow from it too mm. it's not mm. only the other person and neither of you can be really happy or content i guess there's a difference between just enjoying your own company and having your own lives and maybe different interests you know i guess you don't need to go to every art gallery together and every concert together and have the same tastes in films or whatever but even by the virtue that somebody has written this in they perhaps see it on a very very subconscious level as being a problem being well, a disconnect i i think the question to ask here is what is for you so fearful that you cannot share any intimacy anymore with that other person mm -hmm. that you still have in your house there's something very serious that has happened mm. there Hmm. But could could it also be that this person is just actually expecting that they should be wanting to spend more time with? Maybe it's fine. Maybe they just actually enjoy their own company. Or do you think if people it are could, feeling... It could be, but I think that's in a very small percentage. Yeah, right. I see. Yeah, okay. I think that for me, when I hear this, most of the time I, I can sort of feel the resentment crackling yeah, yeah. in the air, you know, and you see that for us, it's very easy to see. You see a couple, they come in and they go and sit on opposite sides of the room. And you go, okay, that's interesting. So yeah. I'm the referee here. This is my role. So I need to side with one of you to say that who is right and who is wrong. And of course, you don't do that as no, a therapist. No. Nobody is right and nobody is wrong. No. So it's, that's really interesting that without even saying a word, <laughs> you can set there. your stall out straight yeah. away through body language. And then yeah. I guess if somebody comes in and they sit really close to each other and they're holding hands, that yeah. that's you know like a yeah. a different sign that they're giving absolutely. You. And 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 but even when they are holding hands. Uh, very often we have to watch out is this the show that they put on for the therapist yeah, yeah, that's, yeah. <laughs> you know, because you know after 20 minutes fine here. yeah, yeah uh, <laughs> after 20 to, they're in therapy so yeah. there's a there's an issue that after needs 20 minutes you know the sort of knives come out <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and the legs cross away from each other yeah 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 oh. and so you know but what is so beautiful I, I mean i always admire every couple that comes here of and every couple that goes to therapy mm. you know because it's a very, very brave step to take. And for me, it always shows the commitment mm -hmm. yeah. that you have because otherwise you just step to the lawyer. 
When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Okay, I'm going to move on with this next yeah. question. Okay, I'm bored with my relationship. My partner's let himself go and I can't even be bothered to start a discussion about it. We have children, so I can't just walk away, although I would like to. I don't think I'll ever find him exciting again. Do I have to accept that excitement is something in the past? No, but I do think that you have the duty to yourself and to your partner to tell them exactly how you feel. Mm -hmm. to give them a chance to do something about it. And if they don't, then you can feel for yourself that you have left no stone unturned and that you can walk away. I think that's so important. You need to let the other person know how you feel. Mm -hmm. Not for them to change, but it's very important for you to be able to say, this is how I feel. Then it's up to the other person. And if then they don't do anything, then you know, mm -hmm. that's it. Yeah. I've done everything that I can, but it's about not wanting to change the other person. It's about having the honesty for yourself to say, this is where I am. Mm -hmm. And I think that we all owe the person that we're in a relationship with, and especially if they are children. Mm -hmm. I think you should leave no stone unturned before you make that Final, Final decision, yeah. yeah. I mean, the first sentence, I'm bored with my relationship. That person clearly must be bored with themselves, with their life, with the, you know. Like Not they, necessarily. They... What, what, what happens is, what we see very often is that one partner in the relationship pulls all the weight. Right. And they are very tired. Yeah. And they express it as being bored. But what they really are is exhausted. Exhausted. Yeah. By in what way? But it pulls all the weight. Physically, in... emotionally and mentally. Right, okay. They are exhausted. So they are being asked to look after the children, cook. And, and very often it's the women, I have yeah. to admit mm -hmm. that. But sometimes it happens that it is the husband. you know, And the other party is sort of, 
I don't know, a bit like a teen, a, a teenager, mm. you know, that expects a hotel mama always mm. to be open 24-7 and everything to be ready and done and won't put in any effort. Mm. And so I think at that point I can understand the person saying, but I think that they're not using the right terminology. Yeah. They're not bored. They're just really Fed exhausted. Yeah. And, tired, yeah. and they can't anymore. You know, they have nothing to give anymore and i think that's what the person is expressing i'm tired i'm so tired mm. that i have nothing to give anymore mm. and in that case i would say look for your own peace of mind express to the other person and you can do that verbally you can do that through an email or through a letter that you have written mm -hmm. you don't necessarily need to confront the other person but you can let them know and then first of all you have externalized it so it's not a vortex that goes on inside yeah. you that feeds itself. Yeah. And you have said it to the other person. And if there's no change, then you have absolutely made the right decision that you're going to remove yourself from such a situation because eventually you're just going to collapse. I think sometimes that first question is such a scary question to ask, isn't it? Are you happy? Are you okay? Are you all right? It's difficult to even start that conversation because the scariness of what that answer could be, which could lead to, essentially, it could lead to anything. Like you were saying before, it could lead to therapy, which could lead to a better, deeper connection and, and a you know a, um, a bounce back from this staleness that has happened. But the other fork in the road is that it could end in you parting ways and divorcing. And I think sometimes people, they do just put up with the status quo even though it is clearly dragging them down probably making them ill but when we when i listen to your scenario that you described there i find it always very interesting because we see so often that someone just walks out yeah. and just leaves and that means that they have suffered all their pain and Silently, leaving is yeah. closing the circle and just going mm. you know and i think why suffer so much in silence? Why can't you? There is a problem there that you can't say mm. how you feel. Because but Why is that? Because actually it's something you see a lot. I see loads of um, people my age in relationships where they're not happy and one will talk about, one of them will be talking, will talk about it to, you know, their, their friends. And it's just, oh, and it's just like, well, you know, it's just the way he but is or that, she is. That, that I find extraordinary, that you can talk about it uh, to a stranger, uh, yeah. but you can't talk about it in... So what what is your fear? What what do you think is going to happen? If you believe, uh, I know. If you believe that the other person will not hear you and will not listen to you and will not do anything, yeah. then get the absolute proof for yourself mm -hmm. because then you can actually say... I've tried. I've tried. Yes, right. Yeah. I can't anymore. And do you think it comes down to personalities? Because I'm somebody, if I'm upset, everybody knows about it. So <laughs> Paul was saying about how that's, yeah, like a little bit irritating. He said, what did you say? You never want just to let things go. <laughs> so, um, But I think I think that's quite a, a, a good, I would never be one of those people that just but quietly. My question would be, how how does your other half react? He, he listens and he, okay, yeah, so and you we have, have those you have, conversations. You have, you have learned. Yeah. To accept each other's way you don't want the other person to be a clone of yourself no. but what you have done is that he knows that you react in that way and you know that he reacts in that way and you don't want to change the no. other person no. you have learned to accept and to value what each mm. of you bring to the relationship mm. and therefore you know i think that's a, a very successful thing to do that 
I mean, I'm sure that your husband knows that, oh my God, she's going to go off and walk. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know, and you're going to sit there and go, well, he's most probably not even going to bat an eyelid. <laughs> but at the same time, that doesn't matter. No. What you do know is that he will listen to what you are saying. Mm. And he knows that if he doesn't say mm. anything, that you will take note of that. Mm. Okay? Yeah, yeah. And so that's where the understanding and the cohesion mm. and the exchange happens. Mm. You know, you don't want him to also start screaming and shouting, you know, if oh God, no. if you're uh, <laughs> if you're if he's upset. So I think it's that, you know, we all are different people mm. and it's how we accept the other person. Let me ask you this last one. Now that our children have left home, I realise I have nothing in common with my partner. That's a great realisation to mm. make, but I would suggest that you try, first of all, to find things that you could have co in common. Mm. It could be walking, it could be bicycling, it could be doing charity work, and you don't need to do everything together, but find one or two common points between each other yeah. that you can share time and get to know each other again. Because for both of you, it's a very frightening time. Mm. It's not only for women as mm. such, but it's also for men. Because, you know, through the years, what you have become is a functioning couple yeah. that does solution-focused... Co-parenting. Co-parenting. Yeah. That's it. And so what did you expect that mm. once the, the raison d'etre of your couple has fallen away. What did you think was going to happen? If, let's say, in a situation like that, um, maybe 10, 12 years, is it ever too late to Never. reconnect? Never. Never. But you have to have two people that want who are willing, that are willing yeah. to at least explore because yeah. we never know the result. No. no. We don't know the result. And, you know, that's what people are afraid of yes. when you start scratching yeah. the varnish. What are you going to find underneath? You know, is it going to be gold or is it going to be something quite different? Tin. <laughs> Big rusty yeah. biscuit tin. <laughs> you know, and so I think that's very important that you go into this adventure, you know, but at least you're doing something, mm. you know, because too many people are content with the status quo or stasis and they pretend that they are content with it but they're actually very unhappy in it. And it, I suppose you've both got to take some sort of wanting to sort things out and a, a, an effort from each member of that couple. Well, um, if you if you can complain so much to your friends, mm, there's definitely yeah, something yeah. that you want to change. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. You know, because who... Maybe that's just become your shtick, though. Do you know what I mean? Definitely. People, people have but that. that's how you deal with it. Yes, that's how you're processing but it. But I'm, I'm always saying to people, imagine if you could put all that effort that you do in complaining into a positive yeah. way forward. Yeah. It's the it's same energy. You just have to, yeah. you have to just yeah, change yeah. the direction of that yeah. energy because it's so draining when you are so negative and so um, un unhappy and so unfulfilled. You know, mm. and it becomes a negative vortex mm. inside you. And in the end, you don't even want to get up in the morning anymore. Yeah. But I, was, I was just thinking again about some, some people that I know who are sort of in their mid-50s. And I guess if, if you've seen your own parents do just that, just, you know, they're bickering, they're doing the same thing that they... I mean, they love each other. Obviously, they're still with each other. They're retired and they're in their 80s. It doesn't mean that they love each other. It, it no. might be that they are too afraid of being alone. I was going to say, sorry, that whole, oh, mum and dad still love each other, as in gran granny and granddad love each other very much. That's the party line, isn't it? But 
it's not it's just it wasn't a done thing to get divorced after the kids had um left home 40 years ago so you you are almost repeating that generational cycle very often i ask myself at funerals when i see uh people crying so much what are they crying for mm. are they really crying about the other person or are they crying about the loss of habits and what are they going to do now yeah. that they don't have these habits anymore and this is a very harsh statement but it is also very very true and i think you know if you have seen in your own parents how they were just sort of sticking together just coasting coasting decades, along yeah. didn't you say to yourself when you were younger i will never mm. be like that this is not how i see my life so why would you repeat it be true to yourself you said that 25 years ago now do it Can I just something else that occurred to me this this isn't a question from anyone this is just my question which is as human beings are we actually designed to are we meant to mate for life or is it just we're so varied some of us are some of us aren't as always everything is possible but mm. what I do believe where the biggest problem lies in relationships and I see that especially with young people um is that they are expecting the other person to provide 100% of everything that they need and that's not possible no nobody can do that if you have 70 75% you're very lucky yeah and you know you can you need other people don't you, need you to other do people you can discuss uh, yeah. kierkegaard with your friends mm, you know you yeah. don't need that to be able to discuss that with your partner and you know we we have to accept that your partner will have shortcomings but so do you you know, and you yeah. have to be willing to see those too and i i think that uh, the question is the real question that you're asking me are we made for monogamy yes that's probably what i'm asking you yes are we and i don't know no. i think that depends on each person yeah you know and i think again these are questions that we never ask before we start a relationship with someone whilst we're having a relationship with them, when we get married what happens what do we do because you know it does need to be only the men or only the women on both sides you know there there was this long held belief that women don't need or want sex as much as men hello yeah. which century were you born yeah. you know it's it's absolutely ridiculous like why wouldn't women be as sexually interested as men are mm. you know and so the thing is that if you are not going to fulfill that need for your partner male or female mm. then obviously people are going to look outside the relationship and let's talk about that mm. you know because maybe you have a lower libido does that mean that the other person needs to be frustrated for the next 20 years in the relationship mm. how do you deal with that let's talk about it let's mm. deal with you know there's this wonderful story book of love story you know where people you know walk down in the, or walk away in the sunset holding hands and love each other forever but that's not real life isn't no. it it's a love story mm. and i think you know it's sex is such a a, a taboo subject that people don't discuss in in relationships even amongst partners that have sex together that it's incredible to think that we think about it so often but we are not able to talk about it why do people you know have to have this erroneous belief that when you have sex both of you have to have an orgasm at the same time i no. mean hello yeah 
you know, which planet do we live on? Mm. I mean, it's of course wonderful if it happens, but if it doesn't, there's nothing wrong. No. Mm. Why, you know, does somebody, one can have an orgasm one day and another one can have an orgasm the other day. What is wrong with saying, actually, you know, tonight I don't feel like it. Yeah. There's nothing wrong with that mm. either. No, but it's communication, communication again, isn't it? Yeah. yeah. And, and, and I think that is what is so important. Where did we become so afraid of telling the other person how we felt within the beginning when we were seeing each other? We couldn't wait to tell everything mm. we were feeling. Yeah. yeah, And we couldn't wait to hear that. So Absolutely. it's a two-way thing, like you Absolutely. say. Absolutely, you're and I think al right. Also, that thing of you were saying before about the expectation, if your expectation is... Is, is here and my hand is placed here and then the reality of that that gap is where that's yeah. and the, also the disappointment to, isn't it? to come back to what we discussed previously you know is your partner emotionally even capable of holding you yeah. is your partner you know if you're going to ask a nine-year-old to sit an entrance exam to Oxbridge you know you wouldn't be surprised if they failed the exam yeah and you certainly wouldn't you know, give them hell for it if they failed. The same thing, if you have someone that is of an emotional age different mm -hmm. to their intellectual or their physical age, you know, what are they supposed to do? So let's talk about these things. Yeah. And mm -hmm. let's not shame or blame yeah. people because that's what so often happens in relationships. We are so ready to shame or blame the other person for expressing how they feel. Mm -hmm. Mm. And this is a great sadness always to me when I hear this in couples. You said this, you did that. This is how you... No, we are all here together. We are trying to make sense of things. There is no point in shaming or blaming the other person mm. because it's not going to help you. I always ask people, tell us how you feel. What is it that you would want to say that you cannot say at home? Mm. that you cannot say, that you feel is, and it really helps people to create that space, mm. you know, where they could actually say, this is how I feel. Mm. This is what's going on for me. This is what really gets to me. And once they've said it, it's amazing that it also loses the power yeah. in terms of the resentment and the anger because it has actually been said. Because it's been mm. said, yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay, so for people sitting at home and listening and just starting to maybe realise and have a little bit of a think, this is giving them stuff to think about, is there anything that you can, any recommended reading or anything that you can direct um, people to? Well, what, what, when people contact me in order to, couples contact me to come and see me, very often I will ask them to read a book first, which is called Hold Me Tight by Dr. Sue Johnson. And in it, she has seven very, very important conversations, which I think are conversations that each couple needs to have. And they have beautiful names, and you will recognize what they mean. Okay. The first conversation that should be had is recognizing the demon dialogues. And I think that is, you know, the conversations that keep on coming back, keep on coming back and haunting every relationship. You did that. You called this person. You did that. Why did you go there? And it's, it just keeps coming back and we can never get over it. Mm -hmm. Then finding the raw spots. What is really triggering you in the relationship? What is it that the other person does that really makes you feel very hurt? Mm -hmm. you know, which you express in a variety of ways. And then once we started working together, um, I think it's very important that we revisit rocky moments because at that moment you can work through uh, a very painful moment and you can actually process it 
and let it go. And then the beauty out of that is that you hold, there's something as the, the name of the book, which is called Hold Me Tight, Engaging and Connecting, where you start to listen to the other person, and you start to recognize. And sometimes, you know, for men, it's very difficult because we are very solution-focused, problem-solving yeah. beings. And for women, it's a very different thing. They want to be heard. They mm. want to be listened to. They want to be understood. And so it's learning how to connect and engage with someone. And then the next stage, in which the book talks about, is forgiving injuries, which is so important because you have to be able to forgive the other person for whatever it is that has happened because otherwise you just can't move on. No. And then the next stage, which is a very beautiful stage if you get to that, is bonding through touch and sex. Whereas, you know, for us, the previous conversation are sort of the bricks of the house. Sex is, for me, the mortar that goes in between the bricks to make mm -hmm. it solidify. And then, of course, the last part of the conversations are keeping your love alive. And once you have rebuilt that, how do you not fall back into the same trap? So that's my recommendation always. Okay. You know, Hold Me Tight by Dr. Sue Johnson. Uh, it's a good start. There are yeah. many books out there, and yeah. there are many very good books out of there. But that's my personal favourite choice. Okay. Can I just go back to very quickly that final bit about keeping that love alive? And I'm assuming, I mean, obviously, reading the book would be the best thing to do, but I'm assuming that that would come back to keeping that communication going Always. all the time. There it's are like three the, golden the, rules in a good relationship. Oh, great. What are those? Communication, communication, oh, communication. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Marvellous, brilliant. Okay, um, well, thank you so much, uh, JC, for answering questions for us again. Um, all of JC's details are in the show notes for this episode, and I'll put um, details for that book in there as well. Um, and don't forget to go back to listen to his episode a few weeks ago to get a great understanding of parenting teens. Thank you so much. Thank you. Thank you Thanks. both very much. Made by darkhorsedigital.co.uk. Shooting, live streaming, and podcast production. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. 
That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details.